Hey, it's Brittany. Hey, it's Megan. You're listening to True Colors. We're back, and we're happy to be back, though. Yeah, I'm. I've, I haven't seen Megan in a month and a half, so I'm really happy to be back. <laughs> I'm just happy to be alive and um, able to do stuff like this, yeah. that's for sure. Well, this week, we decided on a listener's choice, so we have a few questions and advice from people um, reaching out for our input. So, we're going to, we're actually, I don't think we even said this, though, in the post, is that we're going to be doing it live, mm-hmm. so this means we haven't looked at the questions we don't even know what we're going to be asked, and we're just going to answer them honestly in the moment because we feel like that's what you guys like about the podcast is that it is just our opinion right there in the moment. So our very first one. So the questions were, what's a question you have? Any topic is accepted, and what's something you want advice on? So this listener wanted advice on how to brush off negativity of others. I will usually take the time to grab a friend and kind of talk it out with them. So I kind of have the ability just to like bench it out real fast and then I kind of brush it off personally. So like my biggest advice is just um, take time for yourself to like evaluate the issue and then go ahead and say how you feel about it. Yeah. Well, I think like... I think that's good in any situation, too, Mm -hmm. whether it's a positive thing you heard from someone or a negative, Mm -hmm. because I think just talking it out already kind of eases maybe some anxiety that can kind of come with getting Mm -hmm. so much negativity from someone. So I say that, but then, like, I feel like on my own, like, for my own personal self, I have to kind of step back and be like, I wonder what's going on in their life that they felt they needed to bring me down yeah bring me down or like because that's usually what it is is that there's something going on in someone else's life Mm -hmm. that they like I personally just don't think that people are just pure evil but also like you know if you're if you're going as you get older I I feel bad to say it like this but as you get older you we do have to just start realizing that you know not everyone's gonna like you which Mm -hmm. I think is very difficult for me like I feel like I want everyone to like me because I'm like, well, what did I do wrong that this person doesn't like me? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's something my mom taught me a long time ago. She said straight out, she was like, just, you know, you're not everyone's going to like you. Yeah. And that's really true is that if you got some good hand, good friends that you can count on one hand, that's already like you being, you having a successful life, I feel like. That's a good output on it. The second question, the second listener, and it's how do you handle friendships if you don't talk to them all the time? Oh, that's a really good question because (laughs) I feel like this is so relatable, Um, especially in adulthood period. I think that friendships in general need to understand that life is happening and you know, we're not in high school or any anymore. I feel like your friendships are no longer out of convenience because I feel like when we're in high school or even college or even just friends that you met at work, if these are friends that were just out of convenience, as in, hey, we see each other five days a week, mm-hmm. or hey, we see each other at this time period or something every single week, mm-hmm. that's a friendship out of convenience. Mm-hmm. But 
if you step away from that, like for instance, I started a new job, so I'm technically not even working at Disney anymore. And the friends, you guys that like I've met through Disney, I'm still friends with you. Mm-hmm. And we have already made plans to keep that friendship going, even when it's not an everyday thing. Yeah. So I feel like you, you got to just, you, you make the time for the people that matter. That's, mm-hmm. that's bottom line. And I hate to say it, but if this person maybe has a friend who they don't see often or they don't talk to often and they're kind of upset about it, mm-hmm. then I think you should bring that conversation up to that person mm-hmm. because that's what friendship is, is that you're able to be real with them. You're not yeah. just going to disappear. That's very true. I know for me, like, so I have my best friend since elementary school. She lives in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And obviously we do not see each other every day. We barely see each other <laughs> once a year. But we've kind of gotten in the sense of, we FaceTime when we can, we talk when we can, but our friendship's always been the one where it's like, you know, out of nowhere we see each other again, we're like, it's like time hasn't passed. And I feel like that's what friend, the mm-hmm. type of friendships that you're going to have mm-hmm. when you're like 80 years old, oh, like yeah. making a mess up in a nursing home, like you're like, we're going to be throwing a party together in our wheelchair. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I honest to God think that I always tell Ashley, we will probably be those old ladies in the nursing home yelling at our husbands and, like, hiding out in our rooms together because mm-hmm. we don't want to be around our husbands That's in the same nursing home. But, I mean, like you said, friendship, friendships, the true ones will stay with you no matter how much time has passed. It's like you can pick up out of nowhere and still be your true friends close, but understand that that time and distance doesn't matter as long as you are on top of communicating. And like we said, no life happens. You know, people get busy with work and people get busy, you know, as we get older with marriages and kids and things like that. So I think as long as you're making that time to sit down for a dinner, even once a month, Mm -hmm. once every six months, Mm -hmm. that right there is showing that they want you in their life. Yeah. The same person, they wanted advice. So they want, so essentially they want to know if, if someone has an opinion on your relationship or friendship, does that opinion factor into your relationship or friendship? A hundred percent. Yeah? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I feel, I don't feel bad about this, but like, I, like, for instance, for me, my parents' opinion of guys that I'm going to date, mm-hmm. friends that I have over, that's always going to matter to me. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that that is not everyone's opinion. Everyone's like, okay, you're 27. Like, why should you care what your parents think? But I respect them and I respect what they value. Yeah. And they, and I'm going to tell you right now, nine times out of 10 that my mom hasn't liked someone, she was right. Yeah. So, and she's been right for all of my siblings too. Yeah. So there's just a thing like you got to just start seeing a pattern, you know, you don't, you don't try and fix what's not broken. Mm -hmm. So as I get older, I think I will be 35 years old and I'll still call my mom for advice and be like, mom, there's this friend I have. I just don't like this, this, and this. And she will give me probably the exact advice that I need yeah, to be I, hearing. I'm with you on the sense of, oh, my dad has a strong opinion on someone. That's usually like my go-to with how it's going to end up. Yeah. The only thing I don't take as her... Actually, I do now. I didn't then was my parents' opinions on who I was dating because my mom was very critical of my ex. Mm. 
And, like, she was like, I don't think he's right for you. But I was like, no, he's perfect, you know. But how old were you with that ex? Literally 21. No, but that's still, like, a lot of people think, oh, I'm grown at that point. But a lot of the time, we're not. Yeah, no. I mean, she was 100% right. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't want to turn around and say she was right. But in the sense of, at that point in my life, I wasn't taking what they, with my friendships, yes. I was taking it very seriously on how they were around my friends because like your parents once you enter my home mm-hmm. it's like family exactly yeah and so I understood where my mom and dad were coming from with that now when it came to my relationships in the beginning I was like eh, nope my my choice well I think when I was in high school I think when I was in high school um I didn't I still cared what my parents thought, mm-hmm. and you could have you saw that mm-hmm. in the guys that I dated. Like, they were all very like, you know, the Christian boy that you could bring home to mom and dad. They were close to their family. A lot of our dates consisted of family time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that was very very obvious. Um, but I think as I got older, yeah, I just started realizing that. They have lived more life. As much as all of us kids want to say, I'm this age and I, you can't tell me what to do anymore. The thing is, they're not telling you what to do. They're really just cautioning mm-hmm. us for, honestly, probably mistakes they've made and they haven't even told us about. Oh, yeah. So that's how my dad and I have had this conversation where he's trying to keep me from making the same mistakes him and my mom made when they were my age. I trust my parents a lot more now with the whole relationship because of how they reacted when I was dating my ex. Yeah. So now I understand why they have the opinion they do. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I would take – personally, I would take the advice of your friends and your parents. Okay, I think I would take a little step back on one part, though, with the friends. I trust, like, my close friends. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, let's be honest, you know, you can vent to a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Or, like, if I'm at work and someone's like, oh, what's going on? You kind of seem down today. And you mention something to them, even if it's not something super deep and personal. Mm -hmm. But you're just like, oh, well, I'm kind of, like, liking this guy. And I don't know. He's not doing this, this, and this. I don't know if I would so much listen to my friends, which I feel like are more acquaintances, but my friends all the time. Because I hate to say it, but there's a lot of times – where a lot of people don't have your best interests at heart. That's fair. Um, and a lot of times they're just kind of giving you advice based on how they would react. But that person is not you. Yeah. And they don't have the same values you have or morals or whatever it may be. So like I said, I know my parents' values. I respect my parents. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that I don't respect my best yeah, friends. No. But my friends may not make the same choices that I would. I'd probably take my best friends over my friends. Yeah. And, like, when I say best friends, I mean, like, the five people that I literally talk to almost every other day. Right, yeah. So I would probably take – I would take your closest friend's advice. Right. So the next listener's question is, are you a strict schedule person or go-with-the-flow kind of person? I would like to be a go-with-the-flow person. (laughs) I would really, really enjoy being a go-with-the-flow person. And I feel like in certain situations I can, but you can totally – You can totally see it on the outside. Mm -hmm. You could see me being a little tense during non-scheduled events. Um, So it's kind of like if I go on vacation, 
if you tell me we're going to do this, this, and this, I'm going to pack for this, this, and this. If all of a sudden you're like, hey, we're going to go swimming, and I didn't bring a bathing suit, I'm going to be like, okay, it's fine. I can buy a bathing suit, and, and it'll be fine and a fun day. But in the moment, I'll, I'll have a little panic moment where I'll be like, no one told me we were doing this. <laughs> I'm going to be real. I would rather... I'm a kind I'm most likely a go with the flow kind of person, but I'm very strict on planning. Like if I'm planning an event, I'm very OCD about planning that event. Mm-hmm. I have checklists, I have invite lists, I have all these kinds of lit I have lists for like planning events. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like going out, like when we went to Vegas. Yeah. The only thing we really were set on doing is going to see the Boxer Boys. Going to the concert. Yeah. yeah. And then we went with the flow, you know? Yeah. But like I try not to be stuck. Well, I feel like, okay, so how do I put this? I feel like in my friend group, Mm -hmm. I'll be a very go with the flow person unless someone puts me in charge of something. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to be like, okay, you wanted me to be in charge. So I'm going to tell you now what we're doing. But I also am like very considerate of everyone in the group. So Mm -hmm. I make sure that there's going to be something fun that this person likes to do, this person, this person. Like I try to accommodate to everybody. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if it's things like, hey, where do you want to eat? I'm very the person that's going to be like, oh, whatever you want. Or what do you want to watch? Whatever you want. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I'll I'll more lean towards. Mm -hmm. But so in that sense, I guess I'm going to go with the flow person. But like I said, if things are naturally planned... I definitely prefer to stick to the plan if I'm the one who made it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I mean, my mom's like that. My mom and my sister are very much like that. I've always been like my dad and kind of like, whatever you want to do, I don't care yeah. at this point. But it's okay to be either one. But you kind of need, you need one of every kind oh, in yeah. a group because otherwise, if you're all go with the flow people then first of all, you'd never figure out where you want to eat. You'd never figure out what you want to watch and you'd never figure out where you want to go or exactly. what, you want to, what you want to do on vacation. But if you have at least one that's like that, everyone in the group knows that that person is that person and they're going to be yeah. like, all right, we can't decide where to eat. Where do you want to eat? And I'm going to be like, tacos, let's go. That's fair. <laughs> the, the same listener wanted to know uh, advice on how to maintain a positive outlook during low times. Like now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a... I feel like we somewhat have covered that in the past in yeah, podcast episodes. Yeah, we kind of talked about it when we were talking about relationships, I remember. And, and then we surviving were, quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that try to keep positive things around you. Like how I get through it is when I'm having a rough day, I will usually like sit in my room, but I'll have like all my favorite books with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can stare at my favorite book. Yeah. I purposely, this is embarrassing, but I purposely put Twilight posters around my room because those are my positive, it's where I get my top positive thoughts. Well, I think just you saying that, like like going off of what you just said, like find what makes you happy. Stop, mm-hmm. stop trying to do what everyone else thinks is great. Like if you don't like to bake bread, don't bake bread like everybody else was doing during this quarantine. Like, I didn't want to do that, so no, I chose not to do that. Or if you don't like to sit and watch Netflix all day, don't sit and watch Netflix all day. If you don't like to read a book, don't read a book. Like, do what makes you happy. Like, I found something called diamond painting during this craziness, and... God bless your soul. It's lit... (laughs) Yes, you need a lot of patience to do it, but it's literally something that... When I was sick, like, it was keeping my heart rate down, so Mm -hmm. it started off as something that was just keeping my health better, 
but then it turned into something that I actually really loved and I liked to sit down and do that and calm myself for a little bit but at the same time I love going to see my friends or I let's see when I'm down I guess I like to cook occasionally um I like to just be around my family. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you just need a hug from mom. If you don't have a mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt, sibling, boyfriend, girlfriend. But I think you just need to find things that make you happy and stop trying to be what everyone else mm-hmm. where they're finding happiness. I, I love that. Because that's where you lose it. Yeah, that's, that's where you start. Yeah. Being more about someone else than you. So the next listener, they wanted to... Uh, no, has this podcast strengthened your friendship? <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't. I, sorry. I'm just going to mention it. We have our friend David here, and he is making faces at us. So if you hear like a around. pause, there's usually because David's doing something. To make us laugh. Uh, always. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I feel like we were already super close, mm-hmm. um, and even before the podcast, I think, you know, we've mentioned it, that, you know, there are times where, because I have an autoimmune disease, as we've mentioned, I could not leave the house, especially the first few months at first, um, just because we didn't know what this virus was and everything, and, you know, Brittany would show up at my door with posters and a mask on and have Starbucks on the doorstep, and she'd be, like, 20 feet away, just to make sure that, you know, I was safe and all that. But that was still our way. We would FaceTime mm-hmm. and all that. But, yeah, I feel like this podcast strengthens it because I think conversation strengthens friendships in general. Mm-hmm. But this has also just kind of allowed us to step away from the harsh reality that the <laughs> pandemic has created. I mean, just to piggyback off that, I think, like Megan said, we've always had, since we've met each other, we kind of had, like, this weird beginning of a friendship. Um, I just, not even just doing that for her, but when she would come and check on me, if she would text me, and it was rough the first few months, but Megan was always there to, like, give me a call. When she was able to have visitors, we were spending more time together, and we came up with this but having that one-on-one time but that was good because it kind of like it helped us on a personal level Mm -hmm. too because I think both of us were going a little stir crazy Mm -hmm. because we are like people like oriented yeah a lot of the time um but I think it was good for us to actually just so the same person wants to know and have advice on um cutting off bad friendships (laughs) I feel like I should answer this one (laughs) yeah well, people. <laughs> um, first of all, I think you need to know why you're cutting off that bad friendship. Mm-hmm. I actually went through this during quarantine. I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. I think the first thing is to reflect on it yourself. I think it's great to get advice from other people, which I did. Um, I think it's great 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 idea to get advice from family, which I also did. Um, but you really have to know yourself why you're cutting off that friendship. Um, for me, it was a toxic friendship in general. Um, and to be honest on both ends, Mm -hmm. like I think for a long time, I blamed it just on this other person, 
but I know for a fact that like we were just not healthy to be in each other's lives mm -hmm. period. So the quarantine helped because I was forced to be separated from this person, but there's still social media and things like that. So I, what I had to do is I had to take off certain people from social media um, because I really needed to force myself to disconnect from that relationship. You can't, because unfortunately the times we're living in, it makes it very difficult to do that. Um, so yeah, I would say just get advice from other people, realize why you're doing it. And then once you have made the final decision to do that, either have the conversation with them or simply just break away from it. I had to do it a lot in after high school. I had to cut off a lot of people that I used to consider close friends and they were just very unhealthy. My mom would see such a difference in me in the sense of I just wasn't a pleasant person to be around. Mm -hmm. And so, and that friendship was just so toxic for me. Um, but I had to do a lot of soul searching. I had to do a lot of, uh, friendship finding but I I agree you have to kind of look with within yourself before you start cutting people off and seeing like making sure you are cutting off people that I cut people off because it's not healthy for me yeah. you know you have to kind of look at it for yourself in the sense of I can't live around people or be around people that just want to bring you down Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, David has said, I just feel like we need to keep it. We need to keep away from people that are just trying to keep score with us. Mm -hmm. And I felt that a lot of times in a lot of friendships is I felt like it was like we were keeping score on who can care less, who can, you know, be there less. But then also people that were competing for, oh, who can be there more? Mm -hmm. Well, you're, you're not there. Huh? Like you're trying to one up each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I completely agree that there shouldn't be. That's, that's not a friendship mm -mm. right there. If competition. It's a competition. Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> I think something David said to me yesterday, and it was a really good advice, and it was if you truly... I'll tell make money. <laughs> <laughs> I did that out. <laughs> I'll try. Something David said to me yesterday, and it's if you truly do not want this person in your life, cut them out. They're not worth that time you should only be keeping the people that are um the ones that check in the ones that care they're your best friends like not everyone can be your best friend at the end of the but day but also if, if we actually pay attention that other person i'm telling you is trying to walk out of your life like they're already making a point mm -hmm. to not be there and slowly are fading out mm -hmm. so let what was it uh medea her play, her Let live be. play. I love the live plays are already great advice if you guys don't watch those already. But she says in one, and it's shown on TikTok all the time, people put it on there. It says, if someone is trying to walk out of your life, let them go. Because if you've already been the best man or the best woman that you can be, and you've done everything you can to salvage that friendship or salvage that relationship, let them walk out of your life. The fact that you just quoted Medea just makes me so happy. Oh, I love those plays. Those are good. Our other listener had the question. This one's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, she says, or here she says, love the show. My question is, 
was there an event in 2020 that has made you really think about the world differently? Everything that's ever <laughs> happened in 2020. <laughs> like, I I don't even know where to start. I feel like there was so many things that... Mm-hmm. I, oh gosh, don't even, get, don't even get me started no. on Kobe because that just started the year off wrong. So bad. I mean, the best way I would, the best thing I've learned, and I'm not even going to pinpoint a certain event, and I swear no, like, I don't know if this would even be a pun intended thing, but I really, really noticed that the world is not as black and white as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, this year has made me, like, really realize, like, a lot of things have more gray area than I expected because there were a lot of issues, um, whether it be social issues, political issues, whatever, that I started realizing, okay, I'm I'm listening to what, you know, whatever I hear on the news. Then I'm listening to what my friends are saying about it. Then listening to what social media says mm-hmm. about it. Then I'm listening to, like, my family and what they're saying about it. And then I'm thinking in my head, I, there are some things that I did feel, I do feel like I stand in the middle of, Mm -hmm. um, not like the very important things. Obviously we know what side of history to be on with certain things, Yeah. but yeah, for a lot of things, I think I realized there is so much more gray area Yeah. and that I was not prepared for to be learning that lesson. But I think it's also what I learned is that the people that I thought were heroes and saviors and all this stuff that that doesn't mean that they they don't always look like what you think they're going to look like. Or mm-hmm. also, like, the villains or whatever, you know, like, in a movie. I think we talked about this before. It's so obvious who the vi- good guys and the bad guys are mm-hmm. in movies and shows, all this stuff. And I feel like in real life, I feel like it, it's not so apparent anymore to me. It's like once upon a time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think this has kind of opened my eyes. I knew a lot of stuff of the my rate my race history so like for me I my eyes were open a lot more and having a biracial family you tend to have people on two different sides of a spectrum I've seen where you can be in the middle ground yeah I can see where you can see this and that and it's I said it one day to my dad and it was like having social media is really hard because you can post something on social media and anyone can just... Well, they can almost twist it to yeah. mean something horrible even oh, yeah. if you didn't mean that. And I've had this discussion with my one of my friends. Like, he's very one side, And when he posts certain things, it almost sounds probably not what he wants it to sound. And so he's rearranged the way he says things because he doesn't realize how it could sound to someone. Mm-hmm. And so I've made it an apparent to just educate myself so I can better educate people who aren't in the same boat as me, you know? Yeah. What what I go through isn't what anyone else will go through. Mm-hmm. Some people won't go through. So it's hard for them to see where I'm coming from. So it's kind of what me and my friend Eric have talked about, like having two different ideas but seeing it from two different eyes. Yeah. Well, all I was just going to say was when you said, like, there, you saw that there's a middle ground and things like that, I think, you know, there was a lot of things that you started realizing was okay to believe, you mm-hmm. know, like it's more like it's okay to be upset about, you know, the Breonna Taylor situation and it's okay to also be upset about 
the, I think there was a, another kid that was mm-hmm. killed or something, Cannon or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to be upset about both and to just be upset that our world in general has people that mm-hmm. are going to kill a five-year-old and that are going to kill even a grown woman. Oh, yeah. Like, it's okay to be upset about that. Yeah, I didn't – I said it to my one of my uncles, but instead of making it about a life loss, mm-hmm. it's now becoming – oh, well, where's all the riots for this kid? Mm -hmm. Where's all this for this person? And I'm like, but you're missing the point. You're missing the whole reason why that there is a, that child passed away. It shouldn't be about the after effects. Like why did someone else get more attention than the other one? It's just why in general is this happening? Why in general is, I hate to put it, but that type of evil even existing in our world. Mm -hmm. And then also, why are you okay with it? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I, so I think, I think just to go back to the actual question is that I don't think that there's one event that has Mm -hmm. shaped me in 2020 or shaped or changed my perspective on things. Mm -hmm. I think it was just 2020 in general, because a lot of things have come to light and a lot of areas are, you know, being changed in our minds. Mm -hmm. We're not we're and I hate to say it but 2020's made us realize we don't want to be silent about things anymore yes. whether it is whatever you believe people are standing up and I think that that's what's great about America is that we have the freedom to even do that because in other countries you get killed for even mentioning your belief mm-hmm. if it's different than the government so I think I think it's good that people aren't being silent anymore um, and I think that people should just keep on you know, fighting for what's wrong. And I think it's it's a powerful, and it's something that my dad's mentioned. Um, We grew up very biracial. Like, Mm -hmm. our family's very much Hispanic, Hawaiian, all all of them are in my family. So it's an eye-opening experience for everyone in my family because it's like now we're seeing our generation being more vocal. Yeah. So seeing it from every side of the race spectrum is it's mind-boggling because you yeah. can see different people outside protesting and it's not just blacks, it's not just whites, it's, it's everyone at this yeah. point. I think people are just upset, like I said, with things that are wrong. Like, you know, like we were talking about a gray area, but then at the same time, there are things that are just not okay. You yeah. should not be killing a kid, period. Period. You should not be killing a kid. You shouldn't be killing an adult. You shouldn't be killing anyone. It makes no sense that that was even... A debate. A debate. That that was... Like, I don't care. Black, white, yellow, purple. I don't care. That should not have been a question for anyone. Exactly. Period. Humans are humans. Stop looking at people and saying they're black, white, green, orange, whatever. Start looking at it and being like, you're an American. You're an American. Why are we not protecting Americans mm-hmm. in our own country? Yeah. No. There's, if only. If only. Um, same person had wanted advice on more politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, different political backgrounds in relationships. Oh, that's interesting. So I actually, <laughs> my ex was a very strong Republican. Mm-hmm. I more go towards the Democrat side of um politics i mean i'm an independent but i i get yeah yeah um it was not easy Mm -hmm. but uh we just stopped talking about politics at one point because 
he was very strong on this end and I was very like against some of the things he would believe in. So mm-hmm. for my family, which again, my mom's side of the family is very strong with their views mm-hmm. and my mom and dad are very open to discussions. Right. It's just awkward, <laughs> especially with all of what's happened in 2020. It's been very awkward <laughs> at family gatherings because they are very one side my dad is very much, and my mom are very much another side, mm. and you can't meet middle ground. So if we go to my grandma's, that is one topic that's not allowed to be discussed in our house because it just ends up, no one can just talk. Like, I could have a talk with someone and be perfectly fine. I might not believe in what you believe in, but I'll openly let you talk. No, not at my grandma's house. Right. They are very strong-minded humans. Yeah. And I think, like, if we're talking about relationships, you know, with this question, I would say I wouldn't be in a relationship with someone that doesn't agree with the same things that I believe. And the reason that I'll, I'll say that is because, obviously, like, I'm 27 years old. So at this point, if I get in a relationship with someone, it's because I see myself marrying them. Mm-hmm. And at, for that reason alone... I want someone that's going to want to raise our kids the same way um, because that, that like, you know, I've said this multiple times to like my siblings and stuff, like when we talk about re- marriage and relationships, but that's the person that's going to be next to you when like your parents are sick mm-hmm. and passing away or something like that, or you're child is sick or what school are they going to go to are you going to have them vaccinated mm-hmm. like are they going to be homeschooled if you don't vaccinate them mm-hmm. or you know everything going on right now like how do you want your kids to be raised how do you want the person that's standing next to you do you want them promoting love for other people or do you want them promoting hate you know do you want them to be yelling and spitting in someone else's face a face about something or do you want them to be able to have a conversation mm-hmm with other people that don't maybe agree with that view. Like Mm -hmm. it, I just think, I think that that is a very important thing. And my parents have even said that that is a very difficult thing to have in marriage. And there's already so many things outside of your household that's going to be fighting against your relationship. Mm -hmm. Don't make it, don't, don't have more problems in the household if you don't need them. That's a good assessment. Also, if politics don't really matter to you, then I don't think it really matters who you're in a relationship with because you're not going to bring it up most likely. They won't bring it up then mm-hmm. most likely. So you should be good. But yeah, like no. I said, that person is a representation of you. Mm-hmm. So even when they're not with you, people know who you're married to. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be like, oh, your husband was here like spouting this hatred thing and this yeah. thing and yelling. Like you said, like they don't even let you talk at your grandma's. We, we, no, we just all just if, – if one person has – so like take the – protests Mm -hmm. for example um being black Mm -hmm. um i have a different perception of the protest Mm -hmm. i don't agree with looting fair but i also think i have a right to go out and voice my opinion Mm -hmm. peacefully right now my take my uncle for example he said some not nice things on facebook about the fact that i wanted to protest Mm -hmm. and it's if you talk about it to him, he thinks that because I am black that it's okay for me to do it, but other people know. Mm. But if we're betting heads about a political view, 
I just choose not to talk about it because I'm not going to get anywhere with that person. And that's how I was raised. My parents said at the end of the day, what's the point in trying to change their mind? Cause they're just going to be rude to you. Right. You know? So when I, when it comes to politics for me, thank God Sean and I are very much the same people because we just choose to be, we have our opinions. They're pretty much the same, but having the separate opinions, it's hard. Right. I know for a fact because I dealt with it with my ex. So I think it's yeah. smart to have someone, like you said, in the household, you need to be on even grounds because there's always going to be stuff on the outside. Yeah. And I think that you're able, I think people are able to coexist having different opinions. Mm-hmm. But I think that extremists on either side mm-hmm. are never a good idea. No. Because I've seen the extremists on both sides. Oh, yeah. And it is heartbreaking to watch on either side because it is just so like, well, I hate you and I hate you. And I'm like, why Why is that the way you've chosen to live this mm-hmm. one life on earth or whatever you believe in? But to live this life on earth, mm-hmm. that's how you've chosen to live it. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. No, I agree completely. Oh, so David picked out three questions for us to answer. Okay. What is the most embarrassing thing that you own? I think you've already said yours. <laughs> My Twilight poster. Your Twilight. I'm not embarrassed by it, um, <laughs> but I'm not... David's looking at me right now. I'm not embarrassed. I got two next, three next to my bed. Well, other people might find it embarrassing. The question is, what do you find embarrassing? I don't. I'm very open. Like, there's not much I'm embarrassed about. I probably, I think the one thing that embarrasses me still that I have, I still have my childhood blanket. And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes I like sleeping with it still. I mean, that's comforting, and shoot, I feel like we need it more now in adulthood than we did childhood. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but my mom, she used to try to hide it, so I didn't, a teenager, she's like, you shouldn't have your baby blanket anymore, Mm. but it's so cute, it has like little ruffles on the end, and it tickles your, it's cute, (laughs) it's embarrassing, but it's cute. I don't even know if this is like super embarrassing, because I feel like a lot of people keep like boxes of like you know, like old pictures or old notes or whatever, or old, you know, cards or letters people have written you. So I have those, but like, I even have like a note from sixth grade that my best friend at the time, Chloe had sent me. And it was like all about her current crush and everything. But I kept that because it was like a full on letter. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just like a note. So I kept it because I was like, wow, this is so funny, the stuff that was talked about in this note. And I don't think either of us talked to any of the people we were talking about in the letter anymore. Mm-hmm. But just reading those names, and then it puts me back in that mindset almost, like being in middle school. like, And I'm like, well, why did I keep this note, but I didn't keep this note? Because we passed a lot of notes. I have letters that we had to write to each other, but they were it was on our Kairos retreat because mm-hmm. we were uh, – a Christian school so they send us on this like weekend or week-long Kairos retreat um, and we had to write letters to our future selves we were seniors in high school at the time and I remember mine I still have all of my letters by the way because we got sent letters from parents and friends and mm-hmm. family that have already gone on Kairos mm-hmm. they were able to write us letters so I have this big brown envelope of like all of my letters written by all of these people and my letter was very I feel like I was always kind of like mature for my age somewhat. Mm-hmm. So like my letter was very like, okay, so you probably just graduated college. 
right now. Like it wasn't about my current boyfriend. It wasn't about like even my friendships, but it was literally everything I'd learned from that week Mm -hmm. saying like, remember to be more patient with your family. They're not always going to be around because life happens. Like, and I was, I think I said things like, you know, start stopping so hard on yourself about things. Like, oh, so you were real mature. I was like, I was telling myself, like, if you're not following this after college, like, you clearly just don't understand or you didn't remember what you learned this week. Like, and then it was like things like, remember, like, God is always there to talk to. And like, I love it. But that was just, the, I don't, I don't and know. And there I was, the future self. I was putting my, I was going to be dating so and so again. I think I put something in there about being a lawyer and I'm not a lawyer and now I'm going in, I'm doing nursing, but like at the time, that's what I wanted to do because <laughs> I was like, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to fight all the bad guys and you're going to save the world. Okay, Megan. <laughs> okay, Megan. Sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> okay. So I forgot I had the questions. I was like, why aren't you asking the question? Um, okay. So this one says, what is the best and worst part of your personality? <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> well, mine is I'm very, my worst quality is I, or my personality, I'm very friendly. Like, I think everyone's my friend. I want everyone to be my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, it's, it's a good quality, but it's not a good quality because in the sense of I don't, then at the same time I get, the lines blurred of who really is my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I can be very naive when it comes to that. Um, as I realized yesterday when Dave and I were having a very deep conversation, he's going to be giving me my bill <laughs> for <laughs> your therapy session. My therapy bill. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of my worst qualities. One of my best ones is I do. I'm a ride or die kind of friend. Mm-hmm. I personally, that's. I think that's a great personality to have with certain friends. Absolutely. Like with the right friends. With the right friends. I think the ability to be kind is also one of my best qualities. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking much about myself. <laughs> but yeah, like I think kindness is one of my good qualities and ride or die, but I also think one of my worst qualities is I am very friendly with people. Like I want everyone to be my friend. Yeah. And I've learned especially this year and last year that it's the best ones that count. But like I said, being very friendly is very hard to get out of that zone, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Um, I think this is a hard question. Um, David. No, what's sad is that the the hard part of the question is I'm trying to think of my best, the best part of my personality. Um, only thing. I think the worst part of my personality uh, is that because I am like a really independent person, um, unfortunately, even though like I do love people a lot and I do care about my friends and my family a lot, I enjoy my alone time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that does sometimes consist of me just like leaving my phone places and things like that. And it's almost... I feel bad, but it's almost because it's like I don't want to be bothered with the world mm-hmm. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I'm okay with, like, being alone. But um, I would say, like, I, I guess what a, a best part of my personality is that 
even when I'm feeling that way, mm-hmm. where I don't want to be talking to anyone or I don't want to be with anyone, if one of my friends or family members called me during those moments, I would definitely be there. Mm-hmm. So like, and I think like that's why we do match in our friendship is because we do 100% believe in the ride or die friendship mm-hmm. and also the I don't have friends, I have family. Yeah. Um, yes, those are both Fast and Furious quotes. Um, I, That's how we're friends. <laughs> I do live a lot of my life by those quotes. So, um, yeah, so I think it's really a good, it, that is a good part of my personality. And I think it's also that I am able to have empathy with people, even if I don't experience what they're experiencing. Um you know, I've said that before on the show is that I do have an empath personality. So, yes, I, I feel like I do have the ability to ex, to feel what someone else is feeling mm-hmm. um, without taking away from them mm-hmm. feeling it. Um, so that's I think that's a good part of personality. I know it could probably be a negative thing for my own personal health and mm-hmm. my own like mindset. But um, for the most part, I think that it can come off as a good personality. I think it's going to be it's really good for the job I have now working with child abuse, but then it's going to be great for my job in the future mm-hmm. in a hospital. So yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. Um, I got deep. I'm going to ask the third question now. Um, are any of your friends completely opposite to you or are most of them similar to you? And which ones do you grow closer to? Well, a lot of them are opposite. <laughs> like I'm very, I'm very quiet, mm-hmm. and most of my friends are loud. David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but honestly, I think that's what attracted my friendship with David quick, quicker than most friendships developed. Um, he just knew how to rein me in, or when I would be um, having a really stressful day, he and I quiet myself down, he would talk to me and just kind of like talk me off of a rough edge or even like you you're very we're very similar but we're also very different and our friendship bloomed so quickly that it was like literally within days of meeting each other we're planning a trip together but I'm comfortable more with people who are opposite of me rather than similar than me yeah no I agree I have I have friends that are a lot the the way I would say is that I think a lot of my friends are different from me, but I think that the closer I got to them, the more I realized the things we had in common. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because like people are not just one personality. Mm-hmm. Like I know, like you said, like you're quiet, but like you're not just quiet. There, mm-hmm. when you got closer to us, like you're loud, you're enjoying things with us, you're dancing, you're you know being around us and enjoying life. And I think that that's what we all learned is that, you know, you can have the friends that, you know, you're going to be your same person with, Mm -hmm. but I don't want that. Like I want friends that I'm being a better person with. Mm -hmm. So if I'm around people that are making me a worse person, then I don't have the right friends surrounding me. Mm -hmm. And that was part of like, you know, letting go of friendships this year is that, you know, you start realizing this friend is just keeping me stagnant. Mm -hmm. I'm the same person I was when I met them. Um, and if I'm not, I feel like I'm a worse person around Mm -hmm. them. Um, so I would rather be around people that are one, not just going to agree with me on everything, Mm -hmm. which is why you become friends with the opposites. And two, 
I want friends that are going to push me and they're going to be honest with me and they're going to tell me, hey, this relationship's not good for you. Hey, this friendship's not good for you. Hey, you seem really sad when you're around this person. Mm -hmm. Get away from that person. Like, I want people that are going to give me the tough love. And I feel like opposite opposite personalities do that. So that's why, like, I feel like I grow closer to people that are a little more opposite with me. But like I said, the more I get to know them and the closer I am with them, I, I realize our similarities even more. <laughs> I'm laughing because David's next to me. I, I agree. I am very thankful because especially this year, I've, um, <laughs> I've grown as a person because I've had nothing against any of my other friends. But David especially has given me so much more tough love in the sense of, He's like, this is, this is what you're coming off as. This is the person you really could be, mm-hmm. but it starts with me doing what's best for me at the end of the day. Well, even like, I think at the beginning of this year, you text me and you had said something about how you felt down about people in general mm-hmm. that you were around a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And then I said to you straight out, I said, it's because you want everyone to be your best friend and you're calling everybody your best friend and you can't do that because not everyone else is going to reciprocate that with you. And I told you I was always here for you because at that Mm -hmm. time, you know, like I was working at another, I was like leaving another job, but I was like working another job. And I said, you know, we're not around each other a lot of the Mm -hmm. time right now, but I need you to know I'm still here, Mm -hmm. but you need to protect yourself sometimes. Oh yeah. And that's why, like, this year, I personally, I've made it a goal to kind of, like, only be around the people that are lifting me up Mm -hmm. the way I lift myself up. And I can lean on without fearing they'll just jump at this kind of trouble, you know? Yeah. So I think that was one of my biggest eye-opening experiences was texting you and saying I needed, like, that advice, that push, you Mm -hmm. know? Yep, 100%. So, since this was a very big question game, I don't think we need to end it with a question. I have a quote. Oh, I do Do love her quote. (laughs) Okay, so let's do this one. It says, do all the good you can for all the people you can in all the ways you can as long as you can. Drop it. Drop the mic. (laughs) Okay, so we really appreciate you guys listening to this week. We're sorry for the delay, and we promise that episodes will be up consistently every week from now on. Um, But thanks for listening. Keep showing those true colors.